Amen. Well, we are in a series right now. It's um, it's it started last week, uh, last Sunday morning. Uh, groupie or group me, um, and the reason that came about is we are living in a almost a cult worship of people, where people because we have instant access to everything that goes on, and what we what we've determined is a groupie is anybody that you know they go to. Uh, it can be a fan of a rock group. It can be the fan of a, a a celebrity, a personality. It's where you go, you buy all the T-shirts, you do everything, and all you want to do is celebrate that person. Now, let me say that it's all based on where we are. We're we're celebrating somebody else's accomplishment, and what we want to be careful to do is not to simply celebrate them, but realize God has a a plan for me, a part for me to play in everything. And so I can't simply just be locked in. And we looked at some of the things that people get involved in. And and by the way, there's no limit to who can be a groupie and for what. Um, We looked at some of those. um, I've got a little three-year-old boy, little old grandson who loves G-Paw. And he is a Paw Patrol groupie. When I tell you, like... He, he was G-Paw, 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 can I, can I watch Paw Patrol? Can I watch Paw Patrol? And I'm like, okay, yeah, here we go. Come on, little fella. And, and he was it. And so I got two of them actually that both of them like G-Paw. Anything that we begin to just pour our efforts and energy into, we have to make sure that we don't begin to worship something more than the one that gives them the gift. And so what this is coming out of is a heart of We don't want people simply celebrating with others. We want you, God wants you to get involved in his plan on this earth. Every one of us. There's nobody more special than the other in the kingdom of God. It's the, 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 the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Now I know that many times people believe lies and the enemy says, well, you'll never be good enough and you'll never be good as that one and you'll never be able to do, and you can't do that and he tells us all the time, he lies to us, and I'm telling you, Jesus says, I love you, I want you, and I want to use you for my glory here on this earth right now. And this is where this comes out of in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Uh, Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, and there were those that were celebrating a lot that the apostles had done, a lot that the prophets had done, a lot that the evangelists have done. The pastors and the teachers, they were celebrating what they did, but, but Paul took it a step further. And he said, hey, 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 I know you're watching us and you're wanting to celebrate all that we have going on. But here's what I want you to get, that their responsibility in all they're doing is not to say, hey, look at me. That's what a groupie does. That's what a, a star is like, hey, look at me. Hey, everybody, hey. And they want you to get their attention. That's what... These, uh, these devices are notorious for, it's like, who are you following? I want, oh, incredible. And I want to tell you, it's fine. I love what Paul said it this way. Paul said, follow me only as I follow Christ. Only as I do that. And so they were, they were worshiping and celebrating these men. And this is what Paul said. Hey, this is their responsibility. They're a grace gift. They're a gift from God, a charis from Christ. And that is the responsibility to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the 
body of Christ. And that's why tonight we're going to be talking about the body of Christ. And I brought some friends with me to help us understand that. Because believe it or not, in the body of Christ, many times there are people that get jealous. They see people operating in a gift and they're like, I want to do that. And it may not even be something God's called them to, but because I like the way, I like the influence, or I like something, they'll go and try to pursue it just because they like the feeling or like the response. And Jesus says, I need you to discover what I created you for, and then you can do that. And that's what we're trying to do here as a pastoral staff. Um, I'm thankful Patrick Eads last week kicked it off in a tremendous fashion. I mean, whoo, like I told y'all this morning, we got to get video in this place because that message is not the same without watching. Woo, woo. <laughs> that was, uh, I was like, man, I'm get, just about getting tired. I about worked up a sweat watching. And so, um, uh, so we, we do, we, we celebrate, I celebrate him, my son as well, who is another gifted man of God that is, our heart and our passion is not to say, look at us. Our heart and passion is to say, hey, lock up. Get involved. You will only be happy when you're doing what God's called you to do and influencing other people's lives. He's created us and wired us that way. And so the thing that we know 100% sure is we are created to be together. God didn't just stop with Adam. He didn't stop with him. He recognized it wasn't good. That's what it says in Genesis 2.18. The Lord said, it isn't good. It's not good for man to be alone. Can all the married men in the house say amen? <laughs> okay, I'll just say it for y'all. Amen. <laughs> y'all better say it with a little more enthusiasm. Amen. <laughs> I said, all the married men, it's not good for me to be alone. I'm just telling you, I am so thankful for my wife in, of almost next month will be 31 years of her loving and we're celebrating. And I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it only gets better. It is, I, I thought I knew what I was doing way back then, but it's only by God's grace. And so we celebrate it. We were created to be together. I will make a helper suitable for him. And then uh, another thing that groups that they do, when we look at this thing of grouping, it says groups balance our lives. You know, if I just go by myself and I'm doing my own thing, and I, I looked up this earlier today in Proverbs chapter 18 and um, verse 1, that it's, it says a man who isolates himself. The one that says, I'm just going to do it myself. I don't need anybody. I'm going I'm to take care of it. I, I can do it. You know, the, the standard, what we see a lot in America that's been promoted. Um, I'm okay. I've got it. It says that um, that their purpose is to teach. Oh, excuse me. Hold it. Proverbs 18, not 1. <laughs> 18, 1. It says, unfriendly people care about only about themselves they lash out at uncommon uh cases let me let me get to the nasb he who separates himself seeks his own desire he quarrels against all sound wisdom he does his own thing and and that's why we need to stay together i need you and you need me to stay together we need to lock arms when i tell you that god this is the gift god's given me but it, it's one that we all have to be fine. We have to discover 
uh, develop and distribute, which we're going to talk about in a minute. We have to do that if we're going to fulfill the law of Christ, if we're going to do it. So our lives are always balanced with each other. Galatians 6, 2 and 3 says this. It tells us to share each other's burdens. That's what we're supposed to do. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. In other words, when I see somebody, they're going through something. I don't run from it. Let's be honest. Can we in church be honest? How many of you there sometimes you've seen somebody? You go, oh, they look like they're struggling. I'm, I'm going to ease on out this way or run to them. Many times we're afraid of one thing. What kind of time or what's it going to cost me to get involved here? And I want to tell you, whatever time or energy or, or finance it costs you, you will be repaid by the Lord himself. But we're to share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are, are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. And like I told you this morning, I would have you say that to each other, but I don't want you to hurt each other's feelings. <laughs> You're not that important. What? <laughs> That's from the Word of God. We've got to be careful. There's another scripture. We're not going to turn there tonight. In, in, um, in Romans chapter 12, it says in verse 3, don't think of yourself more highly than you should because God's given each one a measure of faith. So we're not supposed to do that. And then... uh Here's another thing, groups balance our life, but then also groups increase our strength. I'm strengthened by my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm better than I could ever be with you than I am by myself. And it's the same thing with you. I want to tell you, and I bet you, you can remember a time, there's no way you could be where you are today if God has n- hadn't brought people in your life to surround you and to connect with you, to help you carry... To help carry you through some very dark times. To carry you through situations that otherwise you wouldn't have made it. There were times where the enemy wanted to take you out. And God says, nope, this is where group, this is where family, this is where coming together, the body comes together and helps each other out. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10, both of verses says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. But it goes on to say, if either of them falls down... One can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Church, we are in a time where as never before, we we have more access and connection to each other, but it seems like more divided because we spend too much time looking at these and not enough time looking at these. Eye to eye sitting across the table, sitting across a cup of coffee, sitting down looking at a Bible together, sitting around, taking a few moments to spend time looking there instead of trying to connect this way. It never works. It's it's a false, it's a fallacy to think that's how we're going to do it. So this is what I know with all my heart. This is why God wants His body. This is why Jesus came. We're His body. We're the body of Christ. The church, and I know there are things that um, that we will never be able to accomplish unless we're connected to a local body. And I mean not just attending, we're talking connected. There are those who attend church and then those who recognize they are the church. I can't go to somewhere I am. So like, if you look up the word church, 
It simply means a gathering of people. And so wherever we go, whether it's, you know, at Cracker Barrel in a few moments where some of you may or may not be partaking, whether it's at Grandy's or McDonald's or wherever, or at a coffee or, or around your table, the body of Christ is there. Now I want to look at what happens when you connect, when you group up, what happens? And I believe there are five things I want to look at real quickly tonight, and then we'll move on. These are five facts about the church, and we're going to have a little fun looking at how they play out in our lives. The first one is it has many parts. It has many parts. Throw that back up there just a second, Patrick. If you want that, it has many parts. Everyone is needed to make the body complete. We each have work to do. We belong to each other. And then you need the other parts of Christ's body. Uh, there's this, this Superman, this I can do it, the one, the hero. Nope, that, that's kind of gone. Jesus is our only hero. And he even has the Father and the Holy Spirit. I mean, we looked at that this morning when they said, let us make man in our image. It wasn't God saying, let me, I got this, guys, y'all sit back. Okay, so here's, here's the first one. It has many parts. And we're going to look at tonight, um, we're going to look at in uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that deals, there's two places in scripture that goes into detail about the body of Christ, and that's in Romans 12 and it's 1 Corinthians 12. Now, 1 Corinthians 12 also talks about the uh, the power gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the first part, but this is what it means by having those gifts. In verse 12, talking about its many parts, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so that as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we all, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Notice where it says all, we, are body, he's connecting, and it says in verse 14, he goes on to say, even so the body is not made up of one part but many. And what I want you to grab from that is to think about this. We are a part of much bigger than just what's sitting here. This is what we have to get out of our mentality. We're part of the capital C. I recently had a, a, a lady in our church that had come to me and, and um, she was saying, she, she was almost tearful going, Pastor Marga, she, she was having a struggle with transportation. And there was a church right there in her backyard. And I said, she goes, I, I don't want to. And I said, hey, you're not going anywhere. She goes, what? I said, you're just going to visit some other brothers and sisters. That's all. You are go- you're going to another room of the house. That's all. We're all in the same house. We're in the same body. And what we have to understand is I'm connected with every other church that claims Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We are all connected as the body. It has many, many, many parts. And we're all a part of that. We need to celebrate that fact that we're not on our own. God did that and wants to continue that. Uh, the second thing, everyone is needed to make the body complete. We're all needed. I know that, that many times we go through life and we go through struggles and you're like, well, there's a famous movie that comes out 
at Christmas time. It's a wonderful life. And it's the, the story of George Bailey, who feels like he's a failure. He tried to do everything. He was trying to make a difference in his hometown. And because of one thing or another, it didn't work out. And uh, his uncle or cousin Billy lost all this money. And he thought, I'm just a failure. It'd be better off if I wasn't even born. It'd be better if I wasn't even here. And then, through the series of events, he got to see he was really a blessed man. And it's the same thing in the story of our life. Everyone's needed, everyone's needed to make the body complete. You're needed, I'm needed. I want you to grasp that tonight more than ever, that you are a vital part just as I am. I am, a lot of people have put pastors on pedestals. And really, you know what I get to do? I get to go lower. The thing I learned from Pastor Ligon is we're servants of all. We get to go under and we get to go up and go, hey, it's not, hey, look at me. It's like, hey, let me come under and help lift up the same way Jesus did. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. This is what it says in um, 1 Corinthians 12, um, 18. It says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body. Just like it says, everyone's needed to be complete. He placed the parts in the body. Every one of them. The same way that he puts your and my parts of our body together. And at this point, I want to get a little help from my friends. You may uh, recognize some of these. Um, I was I was uh, actually at um, uh, our school at uh, Heritage Christian Academy, the best school in the in the country right here on our campus praise the lord absolutely number one right here if you are not a part you want to be a part and so i was actually at uh, open house because i have a a grandson there now and we were playing and i had been preparing i prepared the message this morning i had a i said lord what do you want to share he said i want to talk about the body and we were playing i'm like lord what could i use to uh help drive that point home and i was like hold it let me see here um I thought, what better way to think about um, a body all being a part? And so when we talk about every part needed to complete it, if you look at this, many people see themselves like this, like I can't be used very much and that I'm not really much of a part. But when you begin to look at, oh, losing a few things here, we began to sit there and I was like, oh, look at the body. We're going to put this together, and I'm going to go on to the next one here. The, the next one is, not only that, we each have work to do. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, we got a job to do. Jesus wants to use you. We have still got a work to do, and each one of us, even though we're all different parts, we all have something new. That's what it says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, um, In verse 15, if the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, I can't be a part of it, that does not make it any less a part of the body. So it's like, hey, this thing we called hands, I got a few of these in here too. Got to make sure I don't got the same ones. Two left hands can't work. Um, There we go. So, here we go. So we got our little guy. When we talk about parts and bodies, we know 
that um, we got eyes here. We got all these that make it up. Oh, we can't have not a smile on there. We got to get this nice big grin. This is what me and Oliver, we had a blast. He said, no, G-Pa. We were putting the uh, ears on. Oh, yeah, we got those too. And so when we look at, we think about all the parts of our own physical body and what each one does. We got to recognize that as individual as they are, each one is vital. And we can't have, and this is what happens in the body. It's what I mentioned a moment ago. Somebody says, well, I don't like being a hand. I want to be an ear. That's not going to look real good. It's not going to function real well. And I can't go and say, if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye. You know, when you start going like that, and if you've ever watched a kid play with them, yeah, your eyes get here on the side, and your ear goes here in the nose. And that's just, you start really getting things out of order. And this is why it's vital for us. Uh, it goes on to say in verse 17, it, it says um, that, but in fact, God has placed the part. Uh, if the whole body were an eye, and by the way, I, I plan for that. The whole body and the eye, where would the hearing be? And so think about this. If we were to have, that's not real the way it's supposed to. That's, that's not looking too good, is it? You're like, oh my. Eyes, it's not going to function well. If if everybody wants to be, well, I want to be an eye. I like what the eyes do. I like seeing stuff. It's like, yeah, but you weren't made for that. That's not the gift that God's given you. It's one that you need to recognize. It's somebody else's. And it can't, it goes on to say, or if the whole body, or if the whole body were an ear. (laughs) Boy, oh boy, oh boy. We start talking about ears popping everywhere. It just gets really, really crazy when you start thinking about how we try to do this. And really, I hate to say it, but many times if we're not careful, that's the body. We've got to be careful that we, we've got to celebrate each other's gifts and recognize what mine is and then begin to celebrate that and operate in that. Instead of trying to operate in somebody else's. Let's look at the next one. It says that we belong to each other. We belong to each other. You have a place where you belong. You may be a mouthpiece. You may be a nose. I even had to put the mustache there. I'll I'll show you all in a minute why. But uh, you may be eyes. You may be the ears. You may be the hands. The thing is, is that God wants us to be us and not trying to be somebody else. God has given us these gifts. We belong to each other. And this is parts, every one of us. If we're a foot, we need to use, we need to be the ones to stand strong underneath pressure. Think about what the feet do. They're the ones that come in contact with the earth over another. Over and over and over, over and over and over. How many have ever had foot problems? How many of you know when your foot is not operating correctly, you are not a happy camper? The whole body is affected by when one foot, when one part decides, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not helping anymore. 
goes on to say in First uh, Corinthians 12. Actually, this is actually in Romans 12, 4 and 5. It says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We make up the whole body. The fifth thing that we looked at is that the key is we need the other parts of Christ's body. We need every one of them. If I find out that I'm a hand, I have to find the the arm that it connects to. Otherwise, I'm just a weird looking hand sitting out here by itself. And that's just not good. Or if I find an arm, if you had this unattached over here by itself, that's not okay. I've got to find where I connect to the shoulder. And then I got to find where I connect to the, to the chest and I got to connect. The whole body has to fit together. We need each other. The other parts of the body of Christ. Now, just so you know, I did think, I didn't want us to, uh, be thinking that I didn't think about everything and everybody. There are, um, special different characteristics for different ones. He did make us different for a reason. Praise the Lord. And um, there we go. Oh, yeah. See there? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, let's see. Uh-oh. We just lost an ear, y'all. Excuse me. Let me get that one back on. Oh, let's see. What's this? Here's another one. Oh, let me see what I got in here to help out to show you. Just so we can keep going. Oh, what is this? Uh, uh, no, no, that's not. It's, uh, no, no, hold it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> we'll put that one instead. And so uh, here, we'll even take and let's put us some arms right here. We'll even, hey, you know what I'm like? We'll just. <laughs> okay, we can't. We can't just not take care of. And then, hold it. Let's see. We even have. There we go. Okay. So look, when we're talking about body ministry and we're talking about the body of Christ, here's what more than anything he says in, in the latter part of First Corinthians chapter 12. Paul encourages us. That yes, there are many parts, but only one body that I can never say to the hand, I don't need you. We can never say to somebody else that's in the body, go away, I don't need you. We always welcome together. We got to, we've got to say, hey, don't cast off. Bring people in. I want more than ever during this time, as we continue to grow, we need more people to connect. I, I, I showed a diagram this morning. Of the one versus the nine, where one person's here, all the nine, and it's like one person trying to reach the nine, instead of nine people trying to reach one. How much more effective would it be for nine people to try to reach one, than one to try to reach nine? So we need all the body operating. We need all the gifts, the gift of mercy. The gift of prophecy. We need the, the gift of tongues with their interpretation. The gift of, of, of the word of knowledge. The word of wisdom. We need it all operating to help build up 
the body of Christ and to build and bring people into the kingdom. And so here's what we really need from everybody. This is, it, it breaks down into three simple things. It's as simple as I know how to, to get it. Um, hold it. Verse 27 says this. All of you together are one body of Christ. And each one of you is a, is a, is a separate and necessary part of it. That you've got to see yourself. I have to see myself. That I'm not out here doing my thing. I'm out here doing our thing. I'm doing what God's called me to do to the best of my ability. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for calling me to be a pastor. I'm supposed to lead. I'm supposed to feed. I'm supposed to equip. Lord, help me to do that effectively and lead you to do what? To equip for you to come alongside to say, hey, what's your part? What is it you're called to do? You're just as necessary. And this is what I need for everybody to do. Three things. I need you to discover. I need you to discover what God's gift is for you. What has he supernaturally wired you to do? There's at least 27 gifts in the New Testament. At least. Could be more because God doesn't, he, he can grow anything. But at least 27 that's mentioned. What's, which one of those, what's, what's the grace gift, the supernatural enablement that he's given me to do? Is it the gift of mercy? Is it the gift of administration? Some of you can walk in this room and you would walk in here and you would see cha- uh, chairs that are all disheveled. And you'd look and you'd go, hmm, that, that chair, that we need to start straightening those chairs. Some of you would walk in if there's a person in here and they've got something going and there's, you see somebody in here crying. You'd be like, oh, forget the chairs. Let's get to that. We got to get, that's the gift. I got to get to that person. And neither one would be wrong. Neither one would be wrong. It's like if, if the guy that comes in or the girl comes in who's got the gift of administration, it's like, you know, they'd actually say, excuse me, can I, I need to straighten up this chair. Could you straighten up that chair for me? Because that they're so into that. But this gift of mercy, it still needs to be operating. And so when we look at all the different gifts, it's important for you to discover which one you have. And you ask, Mark, how do we do that? I'm glad you asked. The growth track. We, today uh, was day two of the grow track. We usually have it Sunday mornings right after church at, at 1230. Today was discover your design. You take a spiritual gift test. And by the way, that's not only a one-time thing. You can take more than one. You go, well, I already took one. We'll take another one. You may be surprised. Your gifts may have grown. You might have thought, well, hey, God continues to grow them. You may have started out with one and God said, man, you did so good at that. I want to give you another one. The next thing is, is when you discover it, then you have to develop it. Where do you develop it? Right here amongst your people. You develop it out here amongst other people. You begin to operate in the gift God's given you. And then, which brings us to that, you've got to distribute it. Once you discover it, once you begin to develop it, then you have to use it. If we don't use it, we, but you don't lose it actually. What you end up doing, it goes dormant. Because God never takes back his gifts. The gifts of God are without repentance. In other words, right now there are people, and I'll, I'll close with this. There was a, we, we were walking through something with a, with a lady and she was trying to, she's having a little bit of a struggle with a ministry she was working in. And I was telling her, I said, hey, look, I said, look, God's wanting to do a tremendous work in this area of ministry. And he's going to bring people 
that you would not believe that's going to do a tremendous work. They're going to come alongside of you. And, and I mean, this is going to grow and it's going to be beautiful. And she goes, great, where are they? And I looked at her, I said, they're not saved yet. They're, they're not saved yet. And she said, what? I said, they're not saved yet. They've got the gifts in them, the treasures in earthen vessels. We've got to go dig it out. We've got to go get them and say, hey, that's not what you were created for. That's not what you're supposed to be involved. Come here. Let me show you what God really created you to do. Let me help you experience the grace, the love, the truth of God, and then begin to wash them and help them connect with other people. They begin to get the freedom and settle yesterday so they can actually see clear as, man, God, that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Anybody that can agree with that, you got involved in stuff and stuff got involved in you and you said, you were all into it. That's who I am. It's like, no, it wasn't. It's who you thought you were and who the enemy lied to you. You begin to get that stuff cleared out and washed out. You begin to see who Jesus was, begin to walk in his spirit, begin to experience his power and go, wow, that's who I'm created to be. And then you begin to actually really grow and you discover those gifts and then you begin to use them and make a difference in other people's lives. And I close with this. You will never be happy until you're using the gifts God's given you to make a difference in somebody else's life. You're wired that way. Every one of us are wired. Think of, think of how many times where you put up with things you normally would not put up with, either at work, either at home, things said, things done, you're like, mm, 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 mm. Because ultimately in your heart, you want to help. Ultimately, you want to make a difference. The only problem is many times we do it the wrong way instead of God's way. We try to isolate ourselves saying, I'll be the Savior. I can do it. I want to tell you, you cannot be the Savior. There's only one. Our responsibility is get them to Jesus. Get them to Hey, look up. Point. He's, he's there. He's for you. Get them connected to him. And that's what the church, we have to do. Get them connected to him. Those who are far away, those whose eyes have been covered, we got to help them take the blinders off, see the grace of God that's been poured out, and then begin to experience the power of God, walking in it, discovering it. And then when they do that, it's the same thing you did. At some point in your life, you said, God wants to use me. You started taking one step, and you started taking another step, and you're like, wow, this is fun. This is exciting. I mean, that's, that's what I do today. I'm like, I, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. That's the most exciting. I get to do this. You get to do this. It's not a chore. It's not like, bless God. I get to serve the Lord. We're like, no, 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 no. We, we, it's an honor, a privilege that he didn't, I didn't choose him. He chose me. He chose you and appointed you to bear fruit. He appointed that. And guess what? He's going to be faithful to work that out in you. All you have to do and all I have to do is stay connected and keep going that way. And God's going to use us, the whole body, to make a difference. Put those away. That was fun. little analogy. So I just want to challenge us as we close. What has God been speaking to your heart? 
What area of ministry? What is it that really I want to ask you what's really been bugging you? Because that's usually where God starts. Like the reason it bugs you so bad, God's like, I want to use you to change it. That, that's where it was. If you look at the story of Jonah, Jonah was so put out, he did not, he, he was not going to Nineveh. You know why? Because he knew if he went to preach to them, they'd get saved. And he did not, I don't want them, they don't deserve to be saved. He was so bugged by it, and God's saying, the reason it bugs you so bad is because you know, I want you to change that, and you can do it. So whatever it is that seems in the church and seems around God wants you to be the change agent with others to lock arms to help make that change. Let's pray. Lord, I do thank you for your precious people here tonight. Lord, I thank you for your incredible body. Jesus, Lord, you're the one that knits us together. You did it in our mother's womb and you do it right now in your church. You put us together piece by piece, joint by joint, ear, nose, hand, feet, mouth, Every part of it, Lord, you have a glorious body. You have a glorious body, and we're a part of that body. Lord, I thank you that tonight anybody here that has felt less than, that has felt left out, that has felt like they don't have a part in your body, Holy Spirit, tonight, would you do a special work in that heart, drawing them to yourself, knowing that you're for them and you're not against them. That you want to use them in a mighty way to make a difference on this earth before one day we get to stand before you and celebrate all your goodness that you've done in and through us. Lord, I pray right now your blessing over each one. Holy Spirit, do your work. Stir up on the inside the gifts, the abilities. Hallelujah. Well, if you would stand up with me at this time, I'm going to pray over you and I'm going to be here available for anybody that needs prayer. If you felt less than in any way, I'm going to be available. I want to pray for you. Don't leave here without being prayed for. I know God has tremendous things in store for each person. And I know He's doing it through this church. We've, we've been a tremendously blessed church and been positioned and poised in such a way to make a tremendous impact in this area, not just in Brunswick, the surrounding counties as well. And that's going to happen as we continue as a body to come together and we discover, develop, and distribute all the things that He's put within us to do. Open your hands to Him. Father God, Lord God, You're the Creator of the universe and You're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over Your people. Lord, You said that as we place Your name on each person, you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of His countenance on you and give you His peace in Jesus' name. Amen.